0: Welcome to episode 7 of Expanding Beyond. This time uh, we are basically spanning countries. Um, mm-hmm. Monica is still in Italy and I'm stuck here in sad, sad, rainy
1: Munich. How are you doing, Monica? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, enjoying the last few shreds of uh, summer here. Mm-hmm. It's cloudy and uh, the temperatures are not above 30s, so yeah. It feels like in Munich, but with 10 degrees more.
0: At least, if not <laughs> yes. if <not> 50, more.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: how are you? I'm doing good. I mean, the house is still warm from, from the last weeks where it was fairly hot as well. Um, so I'm sort of in between trying to... It's cold when you open the window. It's too warm for what you're wearing when you close mm. them. So I don't know. But I guess I will get used to uh, the rainy weather and autumn again. Soon. let's just hope that our chilies still ripen
1: oh yeah do you keep them inside
0: uh no they're outside
1: yeah they might have trouble
0: <laughs> let's see <laughs> i mean you can pick them green and they should be hot enough as well all right so uh this time we are not going to talk about what we did uh since the last episode uh instead we are trying to Tackle some of the topics that we we have collected ourselves that we thought we'd talk about and never got around to, and also some listener uh, feedback uh, that's interesting topic so let's start with the first one, which you put in here and you called it hire for culture
1: yes, I'm going through a few hiring i mean the hiring process is one, but I'm going through a few hiring at the moment, and i was I was thinking how important it is to find candidates and to find uh, new joiners that fit into your culture. But how that is a slippery slope if you want to keep your mind as an organization fresh and open to new ideas. Like, where Mm -hmm. do you set the boundary, the threading line between being a good place for also the person that joins to be? It's not easy to be an outsider, when uh, with different with a different mindset, with a different different habits, uh, a different attitude, and at the same time keeping enough diversity to keep your organization, your company, your product innovative and yes, fresh in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean hiring is always that there's so many variables, right? Starting from how do you write your job postings to attract yeah. uh, people that aren't male and white, <laughs> basically. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And then I mean the hi- for me I, I I in the end hiring was more of a process with a gut feel is it is that person going to fit do I have a good feeling or not and I never got I I did I guess I didn't do it long enough to to figure out how to come up with a an actual maybe a be- better process or I don't know if there even is.
1: That's a good point. In my experience, now I've been hiring for almost the past five years. Almost the very beginning, I was involved in uh, helping with hiring. I might not have been the hiring manager, but I was part of the group of people that would interview a candidate to figure out if they would fit for us and we would be a fit for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my experience, I don't think there is a process unless you are... Like, it's not a science. Let's put it this way. Unless maybe if you are a big corporate, big company that has an established process and then you have a more formal way of interviewing people. But I think that in the end, it goes down to gut feeling if that person is the right one. It's a very fickle process in the end. It's like maybe the person answered all the questions you posed in the right and here I'm verbally air quoting right way but the feeling wasn't good maybe they weren't looking at you in uh, in the eyes or they were too straightforward or they didn't digress enough or they were talking all the time and you didn't even have time to ask questions (laughs) you didn't get the chance (laughs) so and from that you have to infer if this person would fit like what is the real person behind this person right now in this very awkward situation that is uh very far from reality of working with them
0: yeah i mean that that's that's the the other problem right i mean the the skill of being good at the actual job and being good in in an interview are just totally <laughs> separate <laughs> most times yeah. so you can be the best person for the job but if you are really really bad at interviewing then you'll have a hard time which is kind of
1: I was talking annoying. about this exactly yesterday with my with my partner, my boyfriend, and I was telling him in our process, we have four to five interviews with different interviewers, because we want to ensure that you click with as many people as possible that you will get in touch with. And we have different functions, of course. So you have UX, you have product, you have engineering, you have marketing and so on. And only one of these is a technical interview. Mm -hmm. Even for engineers, that's what they do day in and day out. The technical interview is one of the five that we do. Because in the end, and here goes back to what I was trying to say, that you should hire for the culture that you want to have in your company. And the point being that a bad hire, and it doesn't have to be that the person is a bad person. I'm saying bad in terms of like, It's not a fit. Could definitely Mm. be a very good person, but not a fit for your company. If it doesn't align with the values that your company has and your environment has, it's going to be a very painful relationship because that's what it is in the end.
0: Yeah, in the show notes, he posted this uh, TED talk about being a giver or a taker, which is a bit of a separate topic. So the main main point Mm. I took away from that, which I totally agree on, is that when you hire someone who doesn't fit, that's a really, really uh, big cost for you as as an organization, because it's not only a wasted effort to onboard that person, but it also negatively affects the rest of the team or even more. And it just oftentimes the impact of such a person is so much bigger than you would think in the beginning.
1: Not only the productivity of the team is going to go down, but Sometimes because also humans think in a certain way like you have this idea of sunken cost that we don't think about enough, then you try to stick with uh, with a person that is not really fit and that affects other people that sometimes then they they end up leaving and they were good team members mm-hmm. and then the cost is much higher because for keeping this person, then you have to deal with losing others. So you have to go through another hiring process at the very least and then onboard them. And it's all invisible cost that it's it's there and, uh, and you don't realize. On the other hand, it's not so easy to part ways with someone. So you also have to think that you will have to pay a certain kind of cost at the end. If you are not strict enough to screen out people that might not fit. And it's still it's still a gamble yep. to some extent. But again, very often, this is something that my manager has always told me. Like, if it's not hell yes, it's a no. Mm-hmm. Could be definitely a good person, but you have to be enthusiastic about wanting to work with that person.
0: Mm, that's true. And I mean, here in Europe, or I mean, I basically only know the situation in Germany. Firing someone is, is just also... I mean, even legally, super difficult. I mean, yes. as far as I know, in the U.S., that's like commonplace, and it's like two weeks notice period here in Germany. There are theoretical possibilities, but it's just super hard. If a person doesn't want to leave, then it's almost impossible. Correct. So, at least in most jobs I had there, that therefore there was this six-month trial period, which is sort of legally allowed, where each side can then say with Two weeks notice that they're leaving. And yes. This is sort of the safety net that you have. And afterwards, it's just, it's difficult.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But very often during those six months, in my experience, it's very, it, it's not that easy to figure out still if that person is, or if you are in uh, in the right place for yourself. Maybe for the person joining is, it's easier because the company, it's just too big and it will keep working as it has always worked so for Mm -hmm. you it's easier to understand if it's the right place for you but for the company might be more difficult to figure out if the person is the right person first of all they know about the fact that they have six months and there are very good pretenders sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and because you are so busy with the business as usual it's hard to keep an eye and, and keep in mind that yeah that person might need a nudge somewhere else and it's never pleasant so there's also the human factor
0: mm, that's true i mean and the topic we took out of our show notes because i didn't want to talk about it which is onboarding is <laughs> it sort of plays plays into this as well right because sometimes it's not even the person's fault as it doesn't work out because sometimes the onboarding is just super hard and frustrating and then it just spirals downwards into into negativity i guess And you could have possibly saved something with a a better onboarding and everyone would have been more happy.
1: Absolutely. Let's not go into onboarding. We can do it another time. Uh, But the onboarding process is also the first few touch points for the person with the company at large and the organization at large and other team members that they are not their hiring manager. So they... It's very difficult to pretend 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you should try to put the person in contact with as many people as possible so that you also have a better rounded picture of who this person is. And yeah, slightly going back to the video by Adam Grant. I think that, I mean, during an hiring process, it's difficult to to figure out if this person is a giver or a taker. But the point that I was trying to to make is that you should find when possible, givers. So these are people that do things because it's the right thing to do. They are not afraid of sharing what they know, sharing a helping hand, jumping to help another colleague or whatever happens. Mm -hmm. Because those people will attract more givers. And this is the kind of culture that if you are a company to stay and age with young people, blah, blah, that's the kind of culture that will have a bigger impact because people will do their job also with a different kind of spirit. And it feels less of a grinding through the day and more, more human. Mm. And in the end, that's what we are. And that's what we like to be surrounded with. Ah,
0: uh, yeah. Hiring.
1: <laughs> yes. Do you have a favorite question when you uh, when you are going through a hiring process as a candidate or as an interviewer?
0: As an interviewer I basically um, I don't know I did I, I sort of depended on who, who I was talking to. I mean as a candidate what what I was interested in wasn't so much the technology it was more about the processes and how that worked. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can see a lot about a company by looking into this a bit more. How about you?
1: As an interviewer, I usually ask if there was one thing that would let you say that I don't want to work for this company, what would that be? Mm -hmm. And that helps me see what are the priorities of the person, what worries them at that point in time, what is the one thing that they perceive as pain somewhere else and they don't want to repeat. As questions as a candidate i don't know last time i interviewed so long ago uh, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah i remember when i was interviewing for my current company that the i i asked exactly the question you asked i was like okay can you can you explain to me how do you go about product development what is that you do how do you develop your ideas uh, mm-hmm. But there yeah probably i would I would dig a little bit deeper into the processes to see how fair those things are, talking about I don't know promotions uh, things like that, and how thoughtful the company is uh, on on those uh, on those aspects. Growth is very important learning mm-hmm. uh, so what do they do for helping their people grow uh, in their career? And that doesn't have to be like we have the most beautiful uh, training program out there. But do they think about it? How much effort do they put into it? Probably average retention is also interesting. <laughs> it's oh, a good okay. proxy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are, they, are they willing to give this out? I'm not sure.
1: I don't know. I don't know. But that also might say something. Mm, that's yeah. true. It's For me, it Has it has never been a problem to say that. On average, we have a pretty good retention, uh, like two plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as in engineering, it's even more uh, very often compared to other departments. But uh, we have quite a few people that have been with the company more than four years now. For a company this young with so such young people, it's a very good sign. Mm-hmm. But if they don't answer, hmm, what mm-hmm. does that tell me?
0: Ah, that is true. That is true, yeah.
1: Sometimes what the candidate or the interviewer don't have a clear answer for is as telling as if they were giving the answer.
0: Mm, that's true. Although you have to be careful to... I mean, there's people that need a bit longer to figure this out and answer a question, yeah. right? That's always my problem. That I sometimes... that I At least I'm not sure if, if it is a problem, but I worry that I'm not quick enough with my answers and sometimes not... It's just, yeah, there's people that just need need a while to, to figure stuff out and then maybe they come up with a good answer, but thinking on their feet is not their strong suit.
1: It goes a little bit back to the diversity of approaches. Uh, so being quick and being very wrong, it's not necessarily uh, a good... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is true, of course, yeah.
1: It, it's a, If you think about it, it's a bit like, what do you do as a company? Are you hypergrowth, growth And this means that you iterate super fast, you experiment a lot, you, you produce things that are very often discarded just for the sake of learning. Because learning that something is wrong is as good as learning that something is good. So you mm-hmm. know that you shouldn't dedicate any more time to it. On the other hand, you could go the slower way and uh, you might end up having the same results just with a little bit more cost up front instead of afterwards.
0: Mm, that's true. That's true. I'm I'm Yeah, I probably fall in the latter category. I'm not the one that would work at a startup that's just starting out and trying to figure stuff out. I'd be mm. the one that comes in later and cleans up the mess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I also have found my goldilocks zone in that area. I don't think I will be very comfortable working in a company. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I've never worked in a in a big company, for example, that has established processes. So I might be wrong, but it's this thing in between trying to figure out who you are, but already knowing a little bit about yourself. It's like I'm being in your twenty something. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a teenager anymore.
0: <laughs> Only that we're a bit older already.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Details. Details. Yeah. <laughs> We are young in our minds.
0: Yes, that's what counts. (laughs) Say the old people. Exactly.
1: Lord, Uh, yes.
0: Speaking of old people, let's move on to our next topic.
1: (laughs) True, this is a very good segue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that would be thanks to Marco
0: seniority so let me maybe read his tweet thanks to a long train trip i finally listened to the episodes of the podcast really interesting well thank you so much yes something i'd like to listen to in the next episodes developer growth how do you define a senior and how do you get there how much time do we have
1: <laughs> oh lord yes we can have i don't know 10 episodes uh <laughs> only on this Uh, uh, how do you define a senior other than years of experience? And I think this is really already a very good point. Years of experience don't necessarily make you a senior, in my opinion, Um, and in my experience, by the way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On the other hand, without certain years of experience, you're also not senior, right? I think it's important to to have experienced and seen stuff.
1: Absolutely, it's a necessary condition to have seen through time and have gone through a few experiences but it's not the only thing that would define someone as a, an expert or because in the end that's what the point like it comes from the actual word experience so mm-hmm. it, that that says that you have uh, that you are a senior i think that in the end what makes you a senior is a combination of knowledge on the actual technology that you are using, talking about developers, engineers, uh, and the like. And again, it doesn't have to necessarily be that specific technology, but that you have been in the field for a while, knowing how things work at different stages, having been scarred (laughs) by a few things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because in the end, what happens is that And it goes a little bit back to the culture topic of before. You can learn those things. You learn more on the job and doing actually uh, and facing unknowns uh, and and doing things to fix those unknowns uh, and and overcome them than by learning through books, tutorials and the like.
0: Yeah. I'm also not sure how to define when you are a senior. This is super hard. Um, But... Getting there is sort of a combination to me of, well, like we, like we said, you have to experience stuff, so you have to just go through the stuff, but you also have to be interested in learning, learning from your mistakes yes. and just learn learn stuff in general. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, like you said, the technology. Maybe it's it's even detrimental to just look at only the te- technology that you're currently using at your job because I have found that if you look into some crazy stuff that you think has nothing to do with your job it just comes back after a while and you realize huh that actually helps me and then i can now think about stuff in a different way it's the same thing with all those programs that companies do i i'm always very hesitant if they are very specific about what they offer you because Mm. who knows i mean rails wasn't around when i started yeah it's like ten it's not even maybe 15 years old and in another 15 years who knows it's probably not might not even be around anymore so you always have to learn new things and you can't really stop our field is just too young to have anything that's going to be around forever always learn even i mean i i come i've been a freelancer for a long time so it's always been my responsibility all alone to uh, learn new things so maybe maybe i'm different there than other people but i think this is just very important and your, your mainly your responsibility to learn new things. I mean it might be nice for the companies to, to actually offer you the material and also the time, but you still have to make sure that you, you do it and you fit it in somewhere.
1: And In the end, that's what I give as an advice in general when people ask me about career development. Yes, if the company helps you in that direction, very good for the company and for you, because you're working for a place that it's not the worst place on earth. But in the end, it's your career. It's your Mm -hmm. responsibility. And I'm saying this to my detriment, actually, because I should spend more time polishing my technical skills outside of work. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but that's the point. Uh, it is your life. And if you are stuck then in a cul-de-sac somewhere with a technology that nobody else is using anymore or that uh, is seeing its uh, market shrinking, it's not as fair as it was for our parents back in the days because it falls on your laps. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Besides the technical part, like going through experiences and having a wide variety of tools and technologies that you might know or at least be familiar with. For me, what defines a senior is, as you uh, as you pointed out, the attitude, the mentality that they have. Um, yes. Do they think about who is going to come after them? Do they think about the consequences of their actions? Do they uh, question the status quo while still being open for being wrong? Because there's also that ask You shouldn't hold back, but you should also be okay with being wrong. Do they understand that it's uh, as important as the code they write, the fact that they dedicate time to bring other people to their level? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this can be done in many different ways. Like You don't have to be necessarily the uh, warm and welcoming mentor that takes a junior under its wing, uh, their wings, and uh, spends ages with them, but do you share what you know? Do you uh, help people that uh, are in need at that point in time? Do you set up processes for your team to be more productive, for your team to be long lasting, for setting the culture also? Are you an example for other engineers, for other developers in your team? So those to me are all things that are very important to, uh, and that tells me that that's that's a senior.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that of course doesn't define a senior but is a bit of a litmus test for me is do you care how your code is formatted? Can you have a a heated discussion about it? Or is (laughs) it just, yeah, that's not important. We just decide on something and that's it. That to me is... I mean, I I, I have preferences, but in the end I don't care too much about it. And if we decide on something that we all stick to or use an automated tool to make our diffs look nicer than it's great. Otherwise, I don't care too much.
1: Yeah, and I think that hits it on the on the head because it's not about the thing per se. Of course, I have preferences and I mm. was lucky enough at some point to be on the right side <laughs> <laughs> of that debate <laughs> because we were using, we are using conventions that make sense to me Not all of them, but most of them, Mm -hmm. for example, I wouldn't use callbacks, no, but Mm -hmm. the team has agreed that callbacks are fine. Therefore, if there are callbacks in a pull request, why should I point that out that we shouldn't use callbacks? Maybe take the conversation on the side and have a conversation with the rest of the team, guys, I would like to bring back this uh, topic. Because I really think it's important. These are the pros, these are the cons. But if the team decides that we do things in a certain way, it's important not to go against those uh I wouldn't call them rules, but conventions because mm-hmm. in the end your take will only slow other people down. We had this uh this guy at some point, he was um he was a very skilled developer, he had tons of experience but he was coming from a different background. He was coming from a C background and you could tell every line of his code that that was C written in Ruby. (laughs) Yeah. And if the rest of the team doesn't understand what you are writing, that's a problem. It can be Mm. the most performant code out there, but you're still not helping your team grow. You aren't even showing them why that's the way to go.
0: So I'm not sure if we have we have answered the question, at least not the part about how do you define a senior. I guess our answer was more you you know it when you see it.
1: <laughs> yeah and it's also a spectrum in the end. It's more senior-ish. I mean unless we're talking about people in the industry for I don't know 40 years that uh, have a track record that it's super impressive. I mean um, we're talking about Martin Fowler that's a senior. Okay. <laughs> Duh. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) But uh, I mean, I consider myself a senior. I have some people in my team that I consider senior. Are they completely well-rounded seniors? No.
0: I mean, who is in the end?
1: Exactly. But if you show certain tendencies, that tells me that you are more of a senior than not. And therefore, you're there.
0: And I think the the, the important bit to keep in mind is that you always need to look at your skill set, be it uh, technical or the other bits which I guess are even more important you have to look at that critically and see where am I not good enough where can I improve what can I change this is sort of the path to becoming a senior or even as a senior if you you stop learning long enough then (laughs) you're out of out of a job I guess because the field just moves too fast
1: Absolutely. Uh, How do you get there? I think that in the end, we we already said it, um, having this open mindset, this mindset about being open with your faults, being self-aware of where your faults are, what you don't know. And the more you feel that you don't know, in my experience, the more senior you are because you understand Mm -hmm. how vast the knowledge is out there. (laughs) (laughs) So fundamentally, keep learning and as, uh, as you just said, Urban, um, trying to understand what are the things that you are missing and how can you learn and, and compensate for those? Because sometimes you cannot even learn. I mean, some traits are just, it's your character. You can smooth them down, mm-hmm. but in the end, that's who you are. So you have to find a way to make the other person aware that that's who you are know your triggers and uh, how to avoid those or how to tone it down Mm -hmm. (laughs) once you are (laughs) triggered. So I think that it's a long road of self-discovery. And when you are in a company, when you are on the job, put yourself out there for for your team, for the other people. And by team, I literally mean the people in your team. How can I help others? Uh, How do I lift other people? How do I remove impediments for them is it by writing a one page of documentation is it by automating something how do i make other people's life easier
0: yeah on the other hand these days in these weird times just don't feel bad if it doesn't work i mean i haven't picked up a programming book in quite a while and i haven't really looked into any technical new topics for a while and that's also okay. Don't think that you have to do it every day and all, and all the time. No.
1: You know what we should do? Maybe yeah. we can do a, a, a special episode sometime and do it on Twitch and have a session of pair programming on something. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yes, we could do that.
1: Hacktoberfest yeah. is almost there. Maybe this time around I end up <laughs> doing actually something instead <laughs> of yak shaving my... <laughs> and setting my laptop back again into shape after months of not coding.
0: <laughs> First session, Monica figures out what she needs to install on her computer. Uh,
1: that's actually <laughs> what, what I uh, narrated last time I wanted to participate to Oktoberfest. So if you go to my Dev2 blog, uh, <laughs> there's a two-part <laughs> series on all the things I learned while trying to <laughs> code. <laughs> <It> was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, frustrating. Extremely frustrating, but also hilarious.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's great. All right, so um, here I can see that it's quite a long episode already. Let's Mm -hmm. see how much I'm going to cut out, though. (laughs) I don't feel there's much to cut out this time, though.
1: Yeah. Marco, let us know if we answered your questions and if you have follow-up questions. Yes, uh,
0: please. And anyone else, uh, feel free to reach out either on Twitter or you can also reach us via email at hosts at it. And where can people find you, Monica? Uh,
1: still the same because my blog is still in my head. At uh, KF with an I on Twitter. On tab 2, you can find me slash near knife. Uh, You can find me with my name and surname on LinkedIn too. But yeah, it it might take me a while to answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter as UJH and uh, on my website urbanhafner.com. My blog is also mainly in my head these days.
1: (laughs) Oh, one last thing. In two weeks, on the 16th of September, if I recall correctly, I'm going to be, again, the host of the Italian Ruby Day. Like last year and the year before, it's going to be all in English. So if you uh, would like to join us, it's going to be fully remote. So you can attend from anywhere. It's going to be a full day pack of interesting talks with Aaron Patterson, uh, Eileen Chitel. So there's a lot of juice.
0: Mm, nice. I, I I always wanted to go. I, I never I never managed to do much more than... Euroco or the
1: one in in Lyon. Hopefully, next year uh, we'll be doing it again in presence. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, Verona is a very nice place where to spend a weekend.
0: All right. And with that, uh, I wish you a happy, sunny, and warm weekend in Italy. And I'll go back and bring out my umbrella and (laughs) pull (laughs) over.
1: It's going to be so tough to come back. (laughs) Thank you so very much again, uh, also for today. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time. bye, bye.